Welcome to Unsolicited Views, where we talk about topics that you may or may not give a damn about. What's good? We back in another episode. Yeah. So is? we've been here so long, we decided to record a second episode with Nick and Dan. Yeah. So it's sure. John, it's Mel, it's Sid. <laughs> We're gonna get right back to it. Damn, here we Jamal are. ain't here. Oh, oh shit! Jamal's oh, still no, here. No, Jamal's still here. John. But yeah, we back. <laughs> law was watching the news and the Queen, and when I was talking to her. I'm like, why do you like this? Like, why is this even important? I said, these people colonize most of the free world, mm-hmm. right? And then she was like, why is their flag red, white, and blue? I said, because they colonized us first. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, what? Mm-hmm. And she didn't think about it, but people are like endearing these people. Yeah. But it, it speaks- That was their celebrity. Why do they gullible though? <laughs> I, you're right, gullible. Because sometimes gullible you just, mean, sometimes you know what you just don't know what you don't know. Yeah, that's, I was about to say I don't yeah. want to say that's gullible. They were well, that's a, they didn't know. They were so brainwashed, ignorant. Yeah, they're ignorant. Yeah, I like that's that better, better than brainwashed. That's but way better. It goes to show the thinking of one generation to the next. You hear what Nick's saying. You hear what we're saying. Then you think about what our parents were saying, our grandparents were saying, mm-hmm. because they were more so that speech, that Martin Luther King speech, did move them. Oh, yeah. Martin Luther King probably wouldn't be as effective today, only because we're not as moved. Martin Luther King talked all the time about unity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? We talk about we're right. That's the problem. <laughs> now, Martin Luther King would say, you know, when the Constitution was made, certain uh, rights were afforded to all of us. And what you guys as citizens of America are doing is not honoring what America is supposed to be. So what that is doing is playing on every American's patriotism. So even we got these, you know, rednecks who are super into America, right? (laughs) They may be be moved by that because he's playing on their patriotism. Where... um, Now we don't care about patriotism. We don't. We have no... We have no pride in where we come from. We were all in this room born in America. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> the American flag is getting is turning into in our minds and most of uh, you the know our circles flag. minds. The American flag has become more and more a symbol of hatred, and um, it's starting to look more and more like the Confederate flag. Like if you pull up to a place and you see an American flag, you might be like, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> it might be some racist person in there. That's unfortunate, yeah. right? That's because no one is playing on our patriotism no one's trying to bring us together because we're americans we're all trying to identify what we are i mean this whole idea of intersectionality Mm -hmm. while it's true right while it's very true there's no utility to it like for example um do you all know what intersectionality is by the way yeah okay so they don't so just go ahead and tell them so (laughs) intersectionality is basically a theory that we have to acknowledge where different sections meet for example you're a black man right so um that the the dis against you the the thing against you like anti-privilege i guess is that you're black right you're a black woman right so now she's got two intersections right so she's on a lower pole than you she's got more to face in the world than you right mm-hmm. and now while that is true it does nothing for us telling you telling a black trans <laughs> uh uh you know, person in a wheelchair that their life is just going to be so much harder than everyone else's mentally hearing that your whole life is is going to um one change their expectations for themselves in life uh to give themselves uh, uh an idea that uh 
shit is just going to be harder, right? So they're going to be looking at everything more adversarially. Like, I have to conquer this, I have to conquer this. And while those things are true, they do nothing for your psyche. I don't think that was the point of the theory of intersectionality. I'm listening. Though. I think the point was to tell those without all of the intersections mm-hmm. that people with the intersections may need additional things for equity. So mm-hmm. if I am a black woman in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. I need things to serve me as a woman. I need things to serve me as a black person. I need things to serve me as a an, an disabled person. Yeah. And so that's what intersectionality to me was the point of it is mm-hmm. that, cause you know, for example, black men mm-hmm. sometimes don't like to admit what? that they have some privilege mm-hmm. because they are men mm-hmm. not because of the black part mm-hmm. because of the man part yeah um and so i think the that the point of man, intersectionality was to show them and to explain to them how mm-hmm. they can assist those with all the other mm-hmm. sections laid on top of them i don't think it was to tell people like we already know that we down here on a totem pole we don't need to be told that exactly you just said we don't need to be told that yeah, but guess what we're getting that message anyway if okay say if you say something out loud but you're saying it to one person that other person's still hearing it mm-hmm. so while you're preaching to white people uh or people in power whoever's in power white people to <laughs> Um, that we need extra things because of, yeah. you know, the things that we have against us. One, they're probably not going to do it. Facts. So the real effect of what you're saying, regardless of the intention, is really just coming upon our ears. And right. we're hearing we have much more against, of, against See, us. See, that's not what I'm hearing. I hear that there are people that have more layers than myself, like a person that may be disabled. Mm-hmm. And so now I can take actions to help them, which mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. And so that's what intersectionality taught me mm-hmm. is that there may be disabled people that I can assist because they may be a black woman that's disabled. Mm-hmm. And so they have one extra layer on top of them. And so I, all I can do is help serve them. Can I stop mm-hmm. this diatribe? I think it goes back to what I was saying is that's just all these fancy words for humanity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so intersectionality is a way to but, teach that humanity no, all but, the levels. But of that's humanity. the crazy part, right? Yeah, yeah. So we now have to rewrite what humanity means, yeah. so people can understand. Because people think it's crazy, like you know, the scooters you can ride around the city. If someone leaves them on the sidewalk, I move them. Because if someone in wheelchairs riding down a sidewalk, they can't keep going. It's called kindness, but people is like, no. But people literally tell me like, oh, you doing a lot, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm trying to help the person that might be trying to go down the sidewalk. And so but the some intention, people think that it worked that's a lie. On, it's, it's doing the proper function with you. Yeah. But in reality, it, it um. We gotta get like a podcast. Well, I think I think it's doing the proper <laughs> proper work with it's me like because black people have a nature to try to help others, which has hurt us at some points. But I think that's why it may work better the theory of intersectionality with those who already have sections against them than those that have none. Because the white people, they like, okay, they don't care because they just going to group us all together. Mm-hmm. With those that already had things fighting against us, then we like, ah, okay, there are people that have it worse than me. Let me help them. So it works that's, with that, us. That would that'd be a nice thought, but look at where we are, right? A lot of us, when you ask why are you at the place you're at, uh, their initial reaction is not to talk about what they did. Their initial reaction mm-hmm. is to talk about all the things against them. Yeah. And that, that doesn't push them forward. While it's true, while it's valid, mm-hmm. it does nothing day to day to yeah. help them be on top of what they can control. This thing you need to be a politician. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I would love that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
And the crazy thing is, <laughs> to be funny, <laughs> I also don't like intersections. I like roundabouts. But um, <laughs> good, get out. <laughs> Another thing is, no, I wouldn't know. That's why I had to ask. Yeah, you just go roundabout. That was something I would expect Jamal to say. <laughs> I, was, I was channeling my inner mall. I've been working on this for like six months. He a Euro step ass nigga. <laughs> but the funny thing is, Nick don't I'm like on my feet. You said you don't even like talking while you uh, cut. You don't really talk a lot. Uh, I do if I have time. I feel like you probably would have thrived better in a like traditional barber shop. Uh, no, I was in there for two years. No, you didn't. And, but you, did different. you speak? No. Okay, that's what no. I think. If you were in an environment in a barbershop where y'all shared thoughts and ideas, I I I think y'all woman's perspective of what a barbershop well, maybe is because yeah, our salons is weird. Because well, barbershops I mean, are not like the sh- movie barbershop. Oh no, I've been like, in barbershops. Plenty in of Baltimore time. barbershops, you probably want to talk less. You don't want to talk more. No. It depends know. on what you're talking about. It depends on what you're talking about. I don't if think you, Nick's nah. vernacular is going to work well on. I think North it could. Ave. I think it's I've done it. Yeah, Not on it North Ave, but but yeah, close yeah. enough. Close yeah. enough, right? <laughs> and it's like yeah. uh, typically the conversations are shallow. They're yes. pretty negative. That's why I say. And it depends he talks about the about. same thing over and over again. Right. Like, you know, like Steph, Clay Thompson. You know what I'm saying? LeBron, Michael Jordan. LeBron. Michael Jordan. Yeah. It's like, okay. Cool. I grew up going to a barbershop where, you know, the water filter I had, I watched him fill it up from the sink just to trick people into thinking that it was filtered water. I mean, that's what restaurants do, right? <laughs> uh, what? That's what I know. They don't give you They don't give you from the water filter, though. They're not telling yeah, you that they are. They ain't they, telling you a lot of stuff. They don't straight. wash them floors. You know either. that it's going to be tapped. That's what I'm saying. Shit, I be drinking shit. But hold on. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> I don't care anyway. Why, 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 why are men's conversations so shallow? And we're going to slide this into boundaries. Hold I was about to say because y'all have a lack <laughs> so of... I can finish the episode. I know? think because in situations like a barbershop... Are you are you women's planning? Yeah. Yes. Okay. In situations just, like a barbershop, oh yeah, this, this, you don't want to be the oddball out. So you're not going to like speak up about your differing of opinion on you're, any topic. You're disdain for that's, ethics that, that doesn't and never apply to me, right? So Which is why I think you could have thrived in the situation because maybe it's why I couldn't. Because yes. when you have three guys cut from the same cloth and they're hearing an opinion that doesn't make any sense to, to them, me. they're gonna Shoot talk to you them. less because people don't like mm. to hear stuff that they can't really he doesn't. I exactly. just imagine Nick talking about intersectionalism at <laughs> the old barbershop. No, and actually, I think Melvin will, Melvin will actually jump in on that. Maybe, but. Hey, only one or two people. No, I mean, I had people, I had bar- the barbers upset when I would advocate for women or gay people because that's not going with. They want to talk shit about women and gay people yeah, all day. Yeah, you true. know what I'm saying? And and at certain points, like, okay, I'm not having the same <laughs> argument with y'all. I'm not having the same Every conversation. Day. <laughs> Every so day. Every day. That's true. I'm less inclined to converse with you guys. You know? Yeah, that's true. But, but okay, I, hold on. Before you get to that, okay. like I, mm-hmm. I felt. I feel what Nick is saying because a lot of times, to me, the low-hanging fruit conversations get boring, mm-hmm. right? I watch basketball. I watch sports. But I'm not talking about millionaires and how they make their money every day. Right. I'm going to, at some point, let that go. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about something that actually affects me. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't affect me. If they win, great. They're still getting a bonus. They're still mm-hmm. rich. What if he puts a big bet on it? That affects you too. Okay. That affects me, but it affects me financially. And it's just like, they're just an object in terms of they play the sport. They got a, they got my, I think I don't overdo that kind of stuff in yeah. my head. Like, I let I it go. Like, when I, somebody lose I a game, oh, it sucks. You keep talking about the barbershop, right? I don't take, like, especially all the barbershops I've been to, I don't take what they say to heart. Mm-hmm. No. It's bubblegum for the I ears. I realize where, where they are, where mm-hmm. they are. Most barbers, 
Of course, you're not in this. In this, but so, most barbers aren't educated. The, yeah, they, they really started cutting as they were like growing well, up, and then money. they learn how to do it, and they get money. So the stuff that they think and the stuff that they talk about is what they live. They the live about hood. They, yes. I mean, it's hood shit. It's, yes. it's basketball. It's right. football. It's shit that they are comfortable Woman. with talking about. <laughs> they're not gonna get into. They're not gonna get into Hitler, and they're not gonna get into. I keep talking about because this is the first time I heard intersectionalism. I can't even say this. <laughs> um, but they're not gonna talk about that shit. Nothing yeah. we gotta understand. Like when we when we go to them kind of shots, of course. When you go in there, you got, when you have a different appearance, they're going to be like, who the fuck is this nigga? Right. Look, uppity ass. That's yeah, yeah that's, 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 that's it. That's, 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 that's one of the smart stuff. How is that any different from not wanting a speaker to come to your school? Then? No, it's very different. Tell because me. what happens is, this is what I'm going to tell you as a black man. It's too, hold on, hold on. Time I, I, I do want to hear what you have to say, but I think she asked him. And I, I, oh, I, go on. You want to hear what you have to say? Go I did, but it's okay. You can't. How's that different? First, sorry, sorry. First, first, yeah, this, this is good. First, I don't know why you asked the question, so explain to me why you think it's similar. So you felt like in that environment, they didn't want to hear what you had to say, so they started speaking to you less, right? So you don't want to hear what a speaker has to say, so you don't want them to come to your school. It's, mm-hmm. It seems like the same kind of situation. Not and, 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 and both. And, yeah, it's yeah, general. And, yeah. and I critique both those behaviors. Okay. They're not good. If so, if you can't if you don't want to hear um, someone who disagrees with you, um, it's not gonna it's not gonna push you forward in mm-hmm. life. One, if they're wrong, you're not gonna know how to combat those ideas or mm-hmm. manage them. Um, two, if they're right, you're not hearing them anyway, so you're staying uh, back. In so life. then, why leave the barbershop atmosphere? Well, that's the thing. I was the one. With the different ideas. Right. So then you could have learned from them. No, I've heard them out. Like, I, it went both ways. Yeah, you know I, I, but they I heard willing them to learn from you. Right. That's what you're saying. Exactly. And mm-hmm. the thing is also, I, I think, like, I like to be a nurturer. You're not getting that at the barbershop. Like, when my clients come to me and you haven't experienced this and you haven't. We don't talk that much because I'm I'm doing your beard, so you can't talk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you really can't. <laughs> Me, we we talk we about talk, a lot of, a, lot a lot of stuff. Lot of it stays pretty light though. But I have and, and you're you're well balanced individual with not that many uh, issues that are overwhelming you, right? But a lot of my clients have issues that are overwhelming them. And I want them to tell me all about it. And I want to see if I can be there for them. Mm-hmm. I want to nurture. I want right. to help them. Right. right? Beyond the haircut. Mm-hmm. Right? And some you kind of need that private space so that person can feel mm-hmm. okay with being vulnerable. Uh, it's okay. hard for so them to talk like that when they have six I mean, other ears right. with their own opinion. It leads to the boundaries because I think black men have a... even Think about the barbershop, right? A lot of young black boys started the barbershop. It's hard when you hear that all those are things are not important then somebody you get into a relationship long term you grow you matriculate your life and they say well this is important expressing yourself you're mm-hmm. like why right mm-hmm. it never was because their boundary is that box right so they, they okay so then box. i have a question especially because you have a son do you play how do you play what barbershop atmosphere go to nick okay that's well, a, because I, I'm just like, okay, <laughs> how are we going to raise the next generation different then because That's i'm gonna raise some oh go ahead oh, but I, and i my experience is a little bit different because I grew up in a barbershop where they had those conversations. So my- Same, believe it or not. Right, my, my grandfather was a neighborhood 
barber, but he was also well exposed. Mm-hmm. So because he was well exposed, he was able to expose these other gentlemen to things. Like my grandfather came in there and said, hey, I had a, a outside child and it is tearing my life up. Mm-hmm. And now they're having these conversations. They, my grandfather's name is Johnny, so he looked up to Mr. Johnny. So to I guess I think we we can get back to that atmosphere That's, in the barbershop. Yeah, yeah. But it, to Nick's earlier point, it also doesn't happen now because we've gone into our silence. Yeah, that's I, I think that's my thought is that if there is a person that you look up to that has learned these lessons mm-hmm. and is in the barbershop and is well-respected and is able to speak to the people there, mm-hmm. it could be a situation where you can change a lot of people yeah. or impact a lot of people. Yeah. And that goes back to, like, the leadership thing and stuff like that. That was my you only You keep thought. talking about barbershop talk, but now, nowadays, especially, and I'm going to call us middle class, like, mm-hmm. probably lower, oh, wow. lower, middle. Not upgraded. Lower, middle. Oh, you upper? But we go into barbers like Nick where <laughs> we're in there one-on-one all the time. Yeah. And we not we not having these conversations like that anymore because yeah. those kind of barbershops like they don't have respect for our time and our and our uh, very okay. true. Okay, we, we set boundaries. We for set our boundaries time. for our yeah. time. We like if I set if I set an appointment for twelve o'clock, I know Nick is going to be ready at twelve o'clock and right. I'm gonna be out of there by twelve forty. Right. Yeah. Like now you That's can't go to other barbershops. So yeah. like now we don't have those times to like really influence barbershops because yeah. it's not the people yeah. like the, who, that think like us aren't going to those barbershops anymore. We're going right. to, right. Couldn't, and they're stuck in their ways and they're going to keep talking about the same shit in those barbershops. Yeah. I would say, if you are a black man that thinks differently than a traditional, I wouldn't say traditional because black men are not a monolith either. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times you face the harsh reality of having to code switch within your own masculinity. Oh yeah. In say terms of having to, to code switch within your own masculinity. Because a lot of things aren't as accepted as people perceive, mm-hmm. right? So I, I grew up, I grew up between, I always say I grew up between, I've seen the hood, I've seen it enough <laughs> to know what I should and should not do, mm-hmm. but I, I was immersed in white culture. So as being immersed in white culture and then you go around your people that your cousins or you go to these different neighborhoods and you just like, you're, you're more confused than anything. Mm-hmm. You're not like, oh man, no, you're, you're confused and you're shunned first. Until people matriculate to where you may be already thinking. Mm-hmm. And then when they get to your place, you're like, I'm not crazy. I wasn't crazy back then. <laughs> right. But, like, it takes people time to grow. But the same token, it's hard. It's hard talking the way Nick, a person like Nick talks walking around a Baltimore city. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not a lot of safe spaces, so to speak, <laughs> for men like that. Men don't I create. Think we we got to do a better job of creating safe spaces for men. I'm agreed. sorry. Agreed. But. Talk. You mean properly? No, not even his we vernacular. Not, we we're not, not talking, talking about, about his diction. We talking about the way he I'm not talking about his vernacular. Okay. I'm not talking about his diction. Because I, I would. Somebody told me I talk white the other day. Um, but we're talking more. That. Hey, tomato, tomato. Was Heinz, it a black person that said that? First of all, we all talk. You're gonna I hate that said, but we all talk white. Yeah. <laughs> first I, of we, all, we do. Yeah. We all do. Even if yeah. you if you talk the most hood. You sound like a southern white person. That's true. That's how you sound because if you go to Africa or wherever, nobody talks like that. Right. So you don't talk like a no, black person. I'm going to use anyways. that forever. I mean, we're yeah. learning a language created by British people. There so. you go. So they're Which white. Which is broken from another language. Yeah. So, yeah. but what was I saying? You guys are smart. No, but to, no, actually, to, to, to <laughs> go on your point, I think it. I'll use Nick as an example. He's also been exposed to a lot. So part of it is 
I'm gonna say growing is hard because it's un it's uncomfortable. And yeah. you would you would think in an information age with us having access to so much that people would want to be exposed to more. No, they don't want to no. be exposed to more mm-hmm. because it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I've literally had conversations with my sister and we had differing opinion and I'm not shouting. I'm talking just how I am and I can see her start to shake because she's so comfortable being in her echo chamber with her friends who think exactly how she thinks mm. that when I, you know, bring a different opinion based on my life experiences, she um, automatically feels like she's in danger. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't be. That yeah. shouldn't be. But that's that's where society's moving. And that's why I'm saying, like, it, it's a slippery slope. You got to honor where people come from. Right. Mm-hmm. So in the person in the toughest part coming out of the toughest part of Baltimore, whatever you come from has to honor the person that's coming from the most softest part of Maryland. You, know. <laughs> you have to honor both. And mm-hmm. it's also like we're the only race who shame each other for not getting it out the mud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that, it's a weird shame. That's a weird mud. shame. That's not the, the intent. It's very it's, weird. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I struggled more. Right, but we literally struggle shame people. Yeah. Like, uh, my, my grandfather was lazier than yours. <laughs> <laughs> he had five hoes. Yours had two. <laughs> oh my God. Like, struggle and challenge is inherent to humanity. It's yeah. not a, it doesn't, so no. It's going to find you. Right. Like, no, I may not have struggled with so I, I, I'll say, I didn't struggle with poverty the way my parents did, but I also don't think my parents struggled with addiction and alcoholism the way I did. So I can't yeah. shame them. Yeah, our everybody has their different. Right, and challenges were different. Yeah. Trauma wars. How much trauma do you have? Into your trauma here. Here we go. But if that's all you know, how do you blame them for that? You don't. You don't blame them. You don't that's blame them. Like, you We're we sitting laughing at the people who like. Because oh, that's where my you get struggle your was, cred. My, str- my, my struggle was worse than yours, and that's why I'm more hood, and I'm more of a nigga than I'm more. I'm a man. You do I'm a thing. man. I did this. <laughs> I'm over here, though. I, we I, over here looking at them like. Oh, really? right. we're, we're we're laughing not at them but at the, at the absurdity of the root of the idea. Yeah. Okay. So then you when do that's why I just, it felt like I was laughing at them and I I stay I kind of take offense to that because I know a lot of yeah uh, no, guys that I grew up with. That's, <laughs> you know why, that's why I'm confused about they, when do they learn better? They do. You have to. They, you gotta want to learn better. But the thing is, it's a it's a culture. As soon as you step outside that, your ideas change. Like for example, when I entered the barbershop, those years of my life. I had never, like, was when I first started having unnecessary conflicts with people. Mm-hmm. When I developed this new sense of toxic pride. Where, the first time I got into a physical fight, I was 21. Why? Because my culture changed by being in that barbershop, where everyone in that barbershop lived like that. Mm-hmm. As soon as I step outside, I'm like, what the fuck was I doing? Yeah. But how do you? Because I think it's a br- privileged thought to be like, oh, just step outside. How do you, how do you hood niggas step outside of that environment? Because to you, them, it might not be as accessible. That's a, yeah. as a, a, it is hard. for us. You mm-hmm. you you expose them. You that's try your best. You try your best to expose them. That's and my I, point. Because I literally have to do this at work. I call it the fish approach. Like in a restaurant, you go in a restaurant knowing what you want, mm-hmm. but the waiter may say, hey. Try to fish today. You mm-hmm. knew you wanted steak. You had steak all the time. Try fish today. Right. 
Now, you may say no because you dead set on steak. But you know what? The waiter's going to keep saying, hey. After a while, you're going to try that fish. Right. Here's, That's what I'm saying. That you fish. need somebody in that environment yes. that has had the privilege of stepping outside of it mm-hmm. to then bring some of that back to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all. And all we can do is just hope that, like John said, at some point, they're going to try to fish. Right. Just, I, just I, I think it's deeper it. than that. I think, um, I don't know if y'all follow Tank. So Tank is a singer. One of the things he prefers. Why, t- why do you follow Tank? Yeah. One of my Yo, fo- why my- are you questioning him <laughs> about why who he follows? Masculinity? That's crazy about you, man. Why Tank you is like he was talking about his masculinity. Oh, he didn't okay. say that. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was. Yeah, I'm trying to get out Well, listen. Tank is one of my favorite R&B singers, though. Right. It is. Yeah. Tank is my guy. So it's like us following Beyonce. No, no. <laughs> um, but I think, but when, one thing he talks about is he talks about with R and B, specifically black male R and B. He was saying, and black R and B about love mm-hmm. is not pushed to the forefront. If you think about our R and B now, it's all about toxicity. Oh yeah. So what he was sexuality. or sexuality. One thing he was saying is he said that's not by default. I mean that's not that's not by mistake. That's yeah. by design. Yeah. Because on the back end, keeping us thinking that way, we champion toxicity. Think about it. We yeah. champion toxicity. I mean. In a relationship. If it don't come toxic, it ain't a relationship. Right. Like, it doesn't have to be toxic. Mm-hmm. I mean, every romance movie we see, the thing that makes it a movie, a story, is that they break up in the middle. Mm-hmm. Or, or go they through have some, some crazy hardship. They go through yeah, something yeah. crazy. Nine twenty seven Dresses. That's why I don't remember what happened in that. Don't you worry about it. She was in 27 weddings. That's hardship. Being the maid of honor. Yes. Is that what happened? Yes. Yeah, she was. A, so, that's so, why she had twenty-seven dresses. She was a maid of honor in twenty-seven weddings, you know, and she was like, "Damn, I'm never gonna get to be the bride." That was her hardship. That's rom-com John, right did there. Did she yeah. do some? Did she do some work on herself? <laughs> yeah. Oh, she did that's do some good. work. She did some work. I don't remember. But the point is, yeah, <laughs> we don't we don't think it's it's real unless there's some hardship in it. Loki, if Melvin wasn't married, it would be he would be like the twenty-seven dresses on the guy. Twenty-seven. He'd have been the best man. Twenty-seven. Uh, like twenty-seven. No, I did feel like that. That's why I'm like I feel like I'm a little triggered by that. No, triggered is the wrong word, but I'm a little like twenty-seven tuxes. No, I was single for a long time. I'm not married. 27 that's touch point. We gotta get oh, out of here. This is crazy. 27 toxic show. 27 toxic show. Nigga, I am that shit. I am that shit. When I came here for Mike's wedding, I stopped at my grandmother's house and she literally said, "How many weddings have you been? I've been in a lot. But I—that's a touch point for me. 27 seats. 27. That's the title. But I think it's a little different to be the best man because he always chosen as the best man and you got extra responsibility. You must be in some high esteem by many people. Man, well, I mean, that goes back to the boundaries thing. I, 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 of him always being say, the person that and, people and rely my on. My best friends, I will never, like, stay down on it. But it's because I'm always the, the nigga who's there for everybody. Right. Oh, that's really beautiful. No, it's... But just think about... No, but it really is, though. I wish and, I could be that guy. I can't. And, and now I'm getting to the point where... It's I'm like, I can't do this no more. <laughs> and you shouldn't have to. Like, I, I can't. I told you all that. Can't give out hugs everywhere, man. You only you know, way one more No, no, you, you can give out hugs, but every hug ain't gonna be the same. Give him a dap. You, 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 you can get the full two arm. Nah, you get the chest. Every, everybody not. Everybody not getting a hug from me no more. Y'all do you open yeah. chest. I, I gotta start. I gotta start fist pumping people. <laughs> Damn. Damn. I mean, I, All right, feel, you're getting cold. No, 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 no. You're no, changing. After a while, that wear and tear over time will get you. That was yeah. funny. That was funny. That was funny. Wait, she really going in? Yeah, right. That was funny. 
That was funny. You no, let's talk about it. That was funny. It was hilarious. But anyway, let's we gotta end this episode because we we totally derailed. I'm, I'm looking at dog forever, yo. And I'm looking at the thing. I'm like, we didn't even touch at this. We but we didn't want to. We we gotta finish though and talk about last couple minutes is talk about boundaries within friendship. That's actually what I was trying to get to for the last thirty minutes. I know, yeah. But Nick, Nick is right, yo. You need a podcast, bro. Can I just come on more often? Yeah, it's cool. Yo, I don't, don't have enough money to set up these lights. So. <laughs> All right. Why 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 are you playing in my face? Right. <laughs> why are you playing in my face? Said, I, pay, I, said, I pay you. <laughs> I know how much my cut costs. Take my cuts and actually fund. I got an idea. You know how Loki. How inter- about we come to Nick's barber shopping because he got a really, really 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 nice couch that we, I feel like we should part on. Shop talk. No, nah, I'd be fun. I'm sorry to volunteer your space. Though. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down. I, I, would, Wait, I would, we can have these conversations. I would like the opportunity the to learn how to do more like audio stuff. Yeah, I don't know so. what I'm doing. So if you come and set up, I see how you do it. That'd be cool. And you got equipment there, low key. I have I have some equipment, not for for these many people though. I got you though. Now we could do that because I think uh, it's interesting. You're, you're interesting. You have a you're a very good conversationalist. Mm-hmm. You should talk more. I talk a lot. Yeah, you have to talk. <laughs> but thank you. I appreciate it. What's your um, what's your hood conversation though? You have to have. Code that's switch. that's what I actually find. I don't code switch, and I never have. Right. The thing is. It's so natural to do, but I make a mental effort to never do it because I think it comes out of a place of insecurity. Ooh, um, talk your shit. But I, when I have my hood, quote unquote, hood nigga clients, we talk just like this. That's the thing. They're putting on a, a front for their group, mm. but they will talk about really intimate stuff with me and they'll, they'll talk about their fears and worries and what they're proud of and how they want to be different and grow and change. And they'll do all the same things. But I bet you we go to, you know, a place where everyone knows them as them. They're not going to do that. It won't be the same. Yeah. yeah. So you don't want to start a barber? I mean, uh, I said start a barbershop. You don't want to start a podcast? <laughs> I actually, Confessions of a I actually did. I shot one episode and realized that people weren't talking. They, they weren't get getting as deep. When they get on camera. And I, like, um, we had that problem here. Actually, my first episode was, was good. Like, people were going that deep. Um, but... I got this idea of just putting mics on me and my client and while we talk and just them knowing it was going to be out there, like we couldn't talk about the same type of things. And it, I lost You got to do it like them prank shows, how they prank people and then get them to sign the contract after like, okay, so can we put your face on TV or no? Like, you know that <laughs> conversation we had? Can, can I post that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and they make and sure sometimes they'll they just be like, okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But let's, uh, let's end the episode talking about uh, boundaries with friends. Yeah. So that's going to be a whole nother episode. We can nah, just start it today. We can finish it. No, nah, I'm not going to go too deep into it. What I will say is... <laughs> now nah, she wants you. Nah, she wants you. Jesus. Deep, hey, shallow, shallow get it done sometimes, yo. That's, what, that's all the nerve ends in the first four inches, B. Oh, no, Jesus. Whoa. Christ. He said the first... Did you hear that? <laughs> 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 I said his reaction didn't move. I'm like... You didn't hear that shit. I didn't hear it. Never see so many. He said the most... Nerving yeah, the, the first four yeah. inches. Yeah, the first one uh, of the vagina. Yeah, the most nerve. Well, well, well first the of vagina. all, the woman's vagina in its natural state is about four inches deep. Yeah. It adjusts with whatever's yeah, going exactly. in it. Yeah. But after I, I don't know, I think it's like four weeks or a month, it goes yeah. back to normal. Back, yeah. That's why if a woman hasn't had sex in a while and then you go to f- hit and then she's like, oh, it hurts. Don't feel prideful. It just means she hasn't hit oh, it in yeah. a while. <laughs> you can't take that away from us. But it's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a yeah. I, yeah, we get 
I think women say a lot of things that make us feel good about sex. All the time. Oh, of course. Yeah, right there. Yeah. And keep I mean, doing it. <laughs> keep doing it, man. Oh, no, well, keep doing it don't, it's not no. just to make you feel good. It's, cause no. it's to make me feel good. <laughs> oh, it's like, stay well, right there, please. Like you keep our confidence up, we're going to go harder. But a lot of women don't say that. A lot of women uh, don't say, stay I right there. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of women will make you think that whatever you're doing is working, even if it's not. Because, no. oh, I'm not yeah. If I say, stay right there, it's because that's it. Let's just be honest <laughs> when we're doing it. Oh, yeah. And that'll make for better sex down the road, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Both right. conversation before, during, and after. See, like, we, we, we're gonna have this more. We're gonna have this conversation at the shop. That would be interesting. Um, so how do you keep your friend the friend boundaries? I always say as you grow older. So like, friends is fifty fifty for me, right? So I like people. I like. I know I, 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 I love people. That's the problem. I love too hard. Um, <laughs> one of my issues is with people. No, really. I, I don't know how to get... You, I know... You need headphones. <laughs> <laughs> I have bi- bionic ears, yeah. Um, I, I love people so much that I know I can easily be over... I overextend myself. My wife always tells me. Yeah. And in my youth, I overextended myself to a lot of people. And by overextending you, then... You build resentment. Build re- mm-hmm. Nick, mm-hmm. the man, the barber, book him, <laughs> Booksy, right now. Um... You build resentment. So I built a lot of resentment. So now as I got older, I know, I just know where people stand. And also I know what I'm going to accept of people. And I also want people to show up. I let people show up as themselves now. I used to let people show up. I wanted people to show up just like me. And I wanted people to kind of be more of a mirror of me. Now I let people show up as themselves and I take what they give. But I also keep giving despite what they may give to me. Yeah. I used to be trying to be like a hell-bent on making people give what I want them to give. But that's right. not fair. Yeah. And I learned where, though, like the certain aspects of myself and my personality, they, they can be abrasive. Yeah. So I try to not be abrasive and try to accept people for where they are and who they are. And I think that's ex- made me expand the friendships I have. Because I think I just like, you know, I have to listen. I don't listen well. I always like to over-explain or John-splain, as my wife would say. Yeah. Um, but... As I now, I just I'm just more receptive to listening, and I think it's actually helped me grow. But the same token is, I do have hard boundaries in terms of you know I'm not gonna let be used in abuse. Yeah. Because I younger even in family, like I told you with the situation I came from, with uh, being in church and my family being there, I felt like I was used there, and your family makes you do a lot of things out of obligation, obedience, and. Um, what's the other word? But anyway, but you don't feel like you're being abused when you're in it, though. Oh, most you people don't. don't. But when you step back, you realize you were just totally abused. And that's why mm-hmm. I used the college. I don't, I'm not gonna go back into it, but that's why I used college because mm-hmm. you were able to, like, I was able to step back and be like looking back at how I grew up. Like, mm-hmm. it's fucked up. Fucked up. Yeah. Like, but you also can't go back with that? resentment and hurt, like Nick said. Resentment, right? And that's what people do, though. <laughs> you got to go back and say church well, hurt. I'm Church hurt is one thing. Family hurt, Family relationship hurt. hurt, all that. You got to just give people grace. Yeah. And when you keep giving I say people... I, resent, I, res, I, I can honestly say that I can resent some of the stuff I've seen back when we were... Oh, yeah. Church. I know you do. You, like, you, I resent... I, I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I literally resent. And I, I don't like that I resent it, but I do. Resentment wastes your time. I, I learned that Waste. the hard way. No, it wastes your time. Because what happens is the time you spent uh, resenting something... You could be putting that energy into something else. Because resentment and anger, I say, you have to keep a lot of capacity for anger and resentment. But the, the, it's no, well, but really, I, resentment, you need to talk about it. No, yeah. That's what I'm about to say. But you can't. That's the way you get it. What I was doing, when I resent something, 
I just internalize it. Oh, you got to get it and out. I keep, I keep internalizing. Keep yeah. internalizing. So now, when when I've internalized it so much, it's like, you feel yourself getting angry and frustrated a lot more than you really should be. Right, because you it's feel like, like why? Yeah. You don't really know, but when right. you really, t- like, if you try to take a step back from why you feel like that, you're like, it's because I held this shit in for like 10, 15 years. That's a long time to hold it in. <laughs> you know what like, yeah. I was about to be up. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> you get, you get, you get comfortable in that pain. So you get comfortable, comfortable carrying that pain. resentment. You get comfortable carrying that. I think that that's the conversation that we were talking about with the two types of men, like a man who maybe from the inner city or a tougher upbringing. I think that's the conversation. I think they get comfortable in that resentment. And whether it be, I always say it's sins and their transgressions. And the transgressions may be of your forefathers and their fathers and their fathers. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, you're really just carrying on the resentment of others. They're passing down resentment, hurt, blame, and skill. And then what happens is you internalize it as yours, right? So I always talk about people that had a chip on their shoulder. A lot of the people sometimes, where I manage in my line of work, they have that. And my, my biggest job isn't the work. It's breaking down their resentment, their shame, their guilt, their pain. And it's not even theirs they have to carry. And they don't even know it's theirs to have to carry. They're carrying this hurt, resentment, pain, and shame of other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we are just a, a group of people that happen to break away. Yeah. Um, I have two points on this topic. Go ahead. Like something real quick. When my best friend, my best friend, my kid's godfather, he's best man, my wedding that I'll have. Okay. When I first met him, he, he was randomly assigned to me as my roommate um, at VCU. So when I, when I met him, I, I heard him on the phone talking to his friends. White guy, half white, half Filipino, but white, right? <laughs> I hear him talking, niggas, 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 oh. niggas, niggas, right? Oh. And oh, I, I'm from Baltimore, right? So, uh, like, you, I don't hear that. I don't hear white people saying it like that. Right. And if you, you do, it's because they're fucking trying to offend you. Mm-hmm. But... He's from Virginia, right? So I said, um, you know, hey, just never ever say that around me again, right? <laughs> and that was my boundary. And he said, oh, shit, I didn't realize it. Like, I have I have a black friends and all that, and it's never a thing. And, and I'm like, okay, well, that's where you're from. This is where I'm from. I'm just letting you know. To, to say whatever you want to your friends, but not around me. And he said, I respect it. You'll never hear me say it again, right? I, I set my boundary. Set. Here's the thing. A couple months later, it slipped, and he said it. And I don't remember this, but he said I slapped him like immediately. Oh shit! Right? Not where I expected that story to go. I did. I did. He stuck to his boundary, okay? Like, so he said I slapped the fuck out of him, but I don't remember. He said I don't remember. I blacked out. My man blacked out, slapped him. No, <laughs> uh, that's why like, you know it's just a secondary act. Nick, is it more than story? Huh? No, no, yeah. yeah. He wasn't done. He wasn't done. Look, so he, he still be in That's uh, but that's the thing. They like, through it. It was a <laughs> it was a mistake, right? So look, I don't even remember it, right? But it's the thing is, when you, you stick to your boundaries, you form trust. A person trusts you because they know what you will do, mm-hmm. right? He knows if you cross my boundary, there will be either there will be no relationship or there will be some consequences, well, maybe hands. maybe even physical, right? And there was another time, right? What a friend. When I was in high school, <laughs> I used to I used to hit people a lot, right? I used to like That's why when he black out, he slap people. <laughs> I used to just hit people and I didn't think anything of it. Like I was that weird karate kid, you know what I'm saying? Like, like pooty time. I was all right. So, when I met him, right? I was I would just like randomly kick him and think that shit was funny. Kick him. And he would he would, for real. It's weird, but it's true. And he said, you know, after a couple weeks, he said, "Bro, do that one more time and we fighting." And I said, oh, okay, I didn't, 
You know what? I, th this shit has been fun and games to me for so many years. You, mean, I could tell you mean that if I do it again, you'll hit me. I, I won't do it again. And it, and that's the thing. We learned our boundaries, and we are best friends. So right? does he still say nigga around other people? I, I don't think so. Okay. Um, <laughs> he he may. I don't know. I'm not around him to, to yeah, say yeah, it. Yeah. He he won't say he. He wouldn't tell me. <laughs> 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 he remind me that Drake song, yo. That is insane. But those are two quick points? No, that was, no, my that first was the point. first oh, point. <laughs> there was questions, so it, it, yeah, oh, wow. it extended it. But uh, <laughs> the other thing is with resentment, uh, I think as soon as you realize that it is an internal thing and uh, it's just showing that you're not taking care of yourself. If you have resentment mm. showing you're not taking care of yourself, it's a wow. person. It's a personal problem, I right? Agree because if I hold mm -hmm. something, someone to an expectation. And they're not rising to the expectation, right. and uh, I hold resentment to them, against them for it. That means my expectation was too high. Yeah. So I had to lower that. And or you never told them the expectation. Exactly. Yeah. Either way, it's it's on you. Yeah. Um. Wow. So how can my therapist? Yo. She had me watch the special by Brene Brown, and she broke down the actual definition of feelings. And resentment was one of them. And she said resentment. We associated with anger but it's way closer to jealousy and shame yes because you wish it worked out differently right so you resent that person exactly so you have shame or you're jealous about how you wish it would have went so that sometimes results in anger but it's way closer to shame and jealousy than we usually associate it with and, right and i said this last time my, my therapist said he asked me a question he said what is friendship to you the first words out of my mouth is where it was. I feel like da da da. Yeah. He was like, why do you say I feel, feel like? like? Yeah. Why isn't it this is what I think? It is. Or what, why yeah. isn't it definitive? Y'all have the same therapist? No. <laughs> no the I had the same conversation with my therapist to yeah. the point that she literally printed out a feelings chart. Like, next time I ask you how you feel, use one of these words. Yeah. I don't want to hear nothing else. Use one of these words. I don't care how long you got to look at this paper. Use one of these words. Because I wasn't using actual feeling words. I just was telling. I was giving how I thought or what I, all of those other things, except for actual feeling. Did you? That was, your, that was your second point? He didn't really finish it. Remember. We kind of broke But that was good. I like that. Like <laughs> but, yeah, I'm about to say, because in, in friendship, I think the toughest part is, I'm going to be, let me narrow it down. Specifically between two black men or two, yeah, two black men. The toughest part is expressing how you feel and then applying it and then seeing them again and kind of just like... A lot of times, once you tell somebody how you feel, you really don't want to see them again. Mm. Unfortunately, why, why as, a, as a man, I don't you know. Don't it's because you waited feelings. too long. You waited too long. So you yeah. just kind of like, nah, fuck you. Blah, 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 and just, I don't want to see you again. Because yeah, that's I, the... I, I, think, I think me, brother, I'm more so indifferent about it. Like, if I see you, okay. If I don't, cool. That's how you are about everything. No, <laughs> this nigga's different, you know. But anyway, but but normal life, people. Life literally don't stop, yo. Normal people. <laughs> um, you, it's hard because what happens is if I say, you know, say, Sid, say you're a black man, light skinned black man, of course. Um, light skinned black and, man. And you say, and I say, <laughs> like. You're sitting next to a light skinned black man. That's, 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 <laughs> that's why I want to use her. I want to, to, you know, be less if I want to just lay down the guns. Um, <laughs> so if I say to her, like, hey, last time I saw you, 
you made a comment that hurt my feelings and can you not say that again because in the future that's not gonna be really conducive to our friendship mm -hmm. that's a a mouthful you yep. said to somebody and then you see him the next time you give him a dap and the first thing you're thinking is oh, i wonder if like how did he feel about that mm -hmm. and a lot of times because you don't say okay all right i said this what do you think about what i just said you know and that's always the part i think that breaks up relationships friendships and all that because you don't know how the other person feel and you start to move based off of how do you think they perceived what you said mm -hmm. but they may have been like no nah, like nick's friend you slapped me in the face i, I deserved it right but somebody else could say, okay, I get you. I feel you. I don't agree, but, but for the sake of, you know, us, I'll do it. But I think that's the part for me, I think, is always you don't know how the person feels after you walk away, after you drop it on them. And then you kind of just, <laughs> then you kind of just sit there and say like, dang, I hope they received that well. And I think a lot of people's fault is that not only that they want them to receive it and respect it, they want them to agree. I want you to agree that what yeah. you said was wrong. I want you to agree that's with not my practical. way of thinking. I, I want to say agree. I would say acknowledge. I I'm think sorry. it's both. No, I think it's agree. Yeah. I think people want to be agreed with more than they want just It should be acknowledged. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. people want to agree. I, I, yes. I'd rather you acknowledge, like, because you necessarily don't have to agree with what I say or how I feel. But so many people just want to agree. Just acknowledge, like, hey, yeah. I understand how you feel or, like, I get it. Right. That's then, what it should be, like he and said. Go, and then go and then move forward. Like, how yeah. we, where do we go from here? Mm -hmm. But also, one thing I say about friends, and I've had this conversation with a very close friend of mine. I said, if that person, you have to have a conversation with people say, I don't see the growth, and these are the growth measures in which you've said you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. These are the things that you've talked to me and laughed and joked and we drank about and we discussed, and you said you wanted to get better. But I, I don't see the movement. Mm -hmm. I see you still being, mm -hmm. fall victim to the same hurdles, and you're not growing. Mm -hmm. Why aren't you growing? Cause they probably don't really want it. It's no. like in theory they want it, no, before, but in action. Before I even try to fathom what they're thinking, mm -hmm. I'm, I think now the conversation has to be: you need to do better. Yeah. And if you don't do better, it's it's, it's starting to impede on me. You're who you hang around. But that's why I'm saying a lot of people they when even in these drunk conversations and things like that, or in, even in vulnerable conversations, they may communicate what they really want. But the action to get there if you is harder than what they are willing to do. Right. And so then they never move to what they really want. And if you don't do it, I think we got to start having a conversation about, all right, you're not doing it. Is it okay? First, I'm going to first try to remove the barriers for you. Find the why. Find the why. But at some point, my, the why is not always up to me. Oh, no. Because so, no, if it's always if, up to you, you then it becomes the abusive. Why, even if you find the why and y'all talk about the why, and you explain what you can do to help the why, mm -hmm. and they don't do anything after you help them. You have to, you have to protect your energy. It. Protect your energy. And that's the point where I that boundary because comes Because if they in. keep crossing your boundaries, that's why I say it becomes abuse. Because you already discussed the boundaries. They, you, they said they would work on it, but then they are not willing to do those steps. Well, that's when, okay, if you realize, one, we're assuming that this relationship we want to keep around, right? Because yeah. the right. alternative yeah. is obviously Otherwise just leave the relationship, yeah. right? Yeah. So how about instead of thinking about it, our, uh, friends or romance, because they can ultimately all be cut. You can't mm -hmm. cut family, right? Yes, I you mean, can. Okay, okay, you're right. You, <laughs> you can. To a certain extent, right, you mm -hmm. can cut anyone, right? right. But uh, like for, for me and my father, right, mm -hmm. um, I told him exactly how I felt about something, right? Um, and... At a certain point, it's harder for people to change. So at a certain point, I realize he is just who he is. I'm mm -hmm. accepting him as who he is, mm -hmm. he is, right? I'm putting too much 
expectations or putting too much weight on his behavior. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I have to put a boundary on how I go forward. Yes. Right. So my relationship with him got so much better once I chose to live my life as if he was dead. And that sounds terrible, but I don't mean as That's in a I'm not talking to him, whatever. It just means how would I, how am I going to move in this world had, had he not been here? It's As, a book, isn't if it? he's not, it's in a book. Yeah. Um, if he if he's not here. Right. Mm-hmm. If he's not watching me, if he's not judging me, if he has no expectations for me, how am I going to live? Right. Yeah. And I live my he's life that way. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't have to alter what I'm doing anyway because of him. Mm-hmm. And that that goes with the resentment because if I do alter my behaviors, they my actions because of him, and they they aren't how I want them to look, yeah, I'm going to blame him. That, yeah. That's it's not his fault. That's right. um, I don't know if y'all uh, uh, subscribe to the red pill blue pill uh, world. Hell no. Okay, <laughs> but that's one of the things they always say is live like your father's dead. Um, can be triggering. It's tough. Uh, um, it's yeah, <laughs> it has to be explained. Yeah, it has to be explained. That's why I want to explain. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Parents. No, no, no. It's specific. It's the reason why. General, I, parents, whatever. No, no. But it's. But if you read, for men, it's their father. Right. If you read the explanation and read the book that Nick is talking about, it makes sense. It just sounds harsh when you don't have the context, because what happens is a lot of men. Their fathers are, are really their compass. Whether their father's in their life, not in their life, whatever. Your father is a lot of time your compass. Mm-hmm. So this for like I think with women. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Your mom is that. Mm-hmm. So what happens is so when people say things it's it's tough starting. That's why I always think about people that have no their parents have passed or their parents something happened, strung out, their absentee. It's hard mm-hmm. to maneuver through life. With one parent or a parent not there, a parent, that is hard. Mm-hmm. I think about my life and, like, my siblings. Like, we had both our parents and the hardships that we faced navigating life with two active parents. Imagine not having one. So what happens is that can't you can't look at people and say it don't affect who they show up as in the Oh, world. yeah, no. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and it's not... <laughs> When, when when you say like act like I mean I never read the book I don't know yeah, I'm, I'm gonna send it to I gotta it's find a, out it's a way, way of the superior man way of the superior man live like they not there that shit is fucking triggering me like yeah cause you didn't have that choice huh? well he oh he doesn't know oh that you're yeah, my father passed when I was 13 okay got and then you. I don't wanna speak for you but well, my mom passed too yeah it, it, oh, so okay. when you say live like they this not good, there this is like, <laughs> really so I'll give you some I'll give you a different perspective when you first hear it but I'm asking you now does it make sense to you now that it's explained? I, I understand no, it's, it more, but when you first said I was like, I kind of shut down for a couple minutes. Yeah. But I understand it. I yeah. You, yeah, I was about to say, because, like, I used to watch reality TV and be like, how are they acting like that knowing their parents is going to watch? Some people are just willing to be themselves regardless of mm-hmm. whose opinion is on them. True. That's essentially okay. what it is. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah. okay. and so right. I would be like, oh, I could never go on that show and be my full self mm-hmm. because right. I know my parents are watching. Right. The, th- the theory is more so this authority yes. is now always over you. Already mm-hmm. always over you and controlling your every move yeah. subconsciously or consciously. Right. Exactly. Okay. In turn, you yeah. start to move. Like, for example, dang, you were real close to your mom. I, right. I know that. I've seen that from afar. Yeah. So what happens is her being here, certain things even that you probably happen now, you think twice if she's present. Yes. yes. You know, you, you're going to be like, moms will probably see this in wild out, right? Yeah. Like, Mel, what is that? Certain shit, as a man, you like, what, 
My pops probably beat my ass if I did this. So That's it's why just I would argue that kind would of be- theory. So Nick, what Nick is saying is that live like he's not here. So what happened is set those boundaries, expectations for yourself. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, that's why I argue it would be better stated as live as no, if no. they never existed. The problem as is... As opposed to them dying. Because that's a I have a problem with no, the statement of better stated. Not as it... I wouldn't say as if they never existed because they still have impact on you that'll... You know what I'm saying? They did yeah. good things. Well, they yeah. here, right? Yes. But what... what like to if help everyone better understand like i was at a point where i was breaking off from my parents expectations mm-hmm. like there was a point when i was in college and um i worked at the barbershop and at the same time right and i wasn't happy with where i was at in life mm-hmm. so in one week i started cutting hair in my basement i left the barbershop i left college and um i started barber school right i did all those three things right um two out of the three of those things were not approved by my parents right mm. leaving the barbershop to cut in my house was not approved by and leaving college was not approved yeah. right and just knowing they didn't approve of that would Fuck make me have resentment towards them mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but as soon as i just stepped into my manhood and was like okay i don't need their approval i do it for me it wasn't a diss against them anymore that they yeah. didn't approve. It's on you. I could still love them as they are mm-hmm. and be grateful for them, yeah. right? And still do what I want to do and make my decisions for myself based right. on my own reasons. Right. I got when you first said the first time. The last thing I was going to say, because it's funny because now you create another part topic, is because you always say, I hate people reframing and rephrasing stuff. Mm. To me, that bothers me. No, it needs to be as harsh as it sounds. Some uh, stuff. Yeah, needs, but, some, but, some but I don't think no, 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 not this, it. not this one. Okay, I'm about to oh, make sure they couldn't receive but it. But this is a good example of why. You, they no, shouldn't receive it in the original way. Like, yeah. when you first said it, I like, shut down. Oh, yeah. I got you. I got you. I got you. I didn't shut down, but my mind went somewhere. He like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? That's what I thought. I saw the look on his face. I saw the look on y'all face, like, when he first said it. I was like, I, I, I got but what that's, you said. Like, but that's, that's a great Some people, yeah. things right. need to be reframed so they can it, understand it. But to, what just happened is a great example of how things should happen, right? Nick knows nothing about yeah, the right, fact that right. y'all parents aren't alive. Right. Yeah. And he was just talking freely from his experience. But, but right. the same token is when somebody talks and you like, yeah, that didn't really sit well with me, which y'all expressed. He was like, oh, let me explain what I More, meant. Yeah, right, and it's right. not a... But, but I don't, only because you told him, and then he further. Right, but I had to give him a little, you know. But he, you I'm, rephrased that's it. That's right. what I'm but, saying. But I'm not even rephrased it. You, you gave it content. But I got yeah. two. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Two points. That's and that's what Nick was saying even earlier. Yeah. Is that people say stuff without context? Yeah. So what happens is it's no longer it's the that was a boundary. Great example of a boundary, right? That's a boundary for you guys. You're like, look, don't talk. That's, that's not what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but no, now he's he's like, oh, let me explain it. Like, I'm not trying to infringe upon your boundary. Yeah. And what happened is that's how boundaries should be treated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you exactly. address it. Nick says, yeah, oh, good. That's a, it, it was a perfect example of how boundaries should be treated. Mm-hmm. And now he, Nick says, oh, no, I was not trying to insult you. And if I did, that's not what I was trying to do. But this is what I was trying to say. And then you say, okay, thank you. Now I feel a little more comfortable mm-hmm. sitting here having this conversation. And now I heard him. <laughs> and now you heard him. Mm-hmm. But what happened is that's, that's how quick. Yeah, that yeah. is literally how yeah. quick people live. If he yeah. never did that further explanation, you probably would have been shut down for the rest of the conversation. Right. Like, and the next I'm cut, no, I'm just saying, I'm exaggerating. I know this wouldn't happen, but the next cut, somebody probably would be like, "Yo, this nigga, this man, this man, hella quiet today." Yeah, like yo, yeah, yeah. But but that's how I think that's how dialogue should happen. Yeah, and it's frustrating that I, it doesn't happen like that because what yeah, happens I mean. is we miss out on so many opportunities on people that you can have in your corner. 
people that like you, you're, they're kind, they're compassionate because we don't want to get to the uncomfortable spot. Like mm-hmm. this, that was just a small microcosm, mm-hmm. but that was very uncomfortable for Melvin and Dame. They were sitting there like, you want back this <laughs> nigga? And Nick was just like, I don't know where that energy came <laughs> no, from. I, I didn't go that far. <laughs> right, he was like, what did I say? But, <laughs> but you got to live in that shit. Yeah. yeah. And if you don't live in that shit consistently, live in that uncomfortable space, you can never get to the other side. Yeah. Now somebody knows the sensitivity and they know how to, okay. Yeah. It speaks to a certain level of maturity. If, yes. If you're you able go. to say, okay, that hurt me, not just like, fuck you, but that hurt me. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, fuck you started. It though. gives the space to actually talk. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And as men, we need to do more of that. Because I think a lot of times where it gets physical is because it hurts somebody. Nobody wants to admit the hurt. So we're gonna have to throw hands. Yeah. Because I'm crying on the inside. Yep. And that's why I like you like <laughs> That's really what you do. Am I yeah. right? Am I am I right in saying that y'all have fighting words? Like some words will make you wanna fight. Yes. Yeah. Bitch. Right. John is bitch. <laughs> right. yeah. I wanna unpack that. I wanna understand why that make like it probably that came makes from, you want to I think who said that? It probably came from middle school. When in middle school, I was bullied at a high rate to the that's point where it's word. just like I got to the point. I got. To, it sounds dark, but don't think it's dark. I, it got to the point where I was probably I was carrying a knife to school, and I said, "I'm waiting for somebody to say something. I'm just gonna stab him." That was be an old East nigga. So, no, but I, I got to that point in life. But what I realized is, from that point, and it was funny that day. My, I, I always remember like it was yesterday. I told my dad, I said, "Look, somebody say something to me today. I'm gonna I'm gonna fight. And so if you get a phone call or something happened, don't be mad." He said, "Okay." And he didn't know I had a knife. That was kind of crazy. But he was just like, all right, let me pray with you. So my dad prayed with me. I went to school. And then for the rest of the year, nobody said nothing. And then I started even getting mad that he didn't because I'm like, oh, because I'm ready. I'm ready. Don't say, yeah, I have all this I'm, stuff. I'm, I am ready. I'm going to get this. But I could look like a school shooter or some shit. I've been a crazy ass nigga. I'd have been in jail or some shit. But, like, it's just a powerful as well as though, like Nick said, why does that have power over you now and that makes me think like damn maybe i shouldn't maybe me having that still i carry the resentment like melvin was saying like you still hate them niggas like yeah. if you see them you might you still pop you, you, but that's you verbalized that yeah already. you did oh yeah, yeah. so and that's always yeah. and i was like yeah. dang so maybe that resentment like, i haven't worked school? it makes you realize you haven't worked through shit as much as you think you did in your head you think you show up as a different person <laughs> and then sometimes when people are projected back to you like put a mirror in front of you you like, oh, that's what you see? They, they got a Shit. different point of view. But you can either hide in that moment when somebody reflects back, or you can rise to the occasion. And I think as men, so often we don't rise to the occasion. When somebody projects it back, mm-hmm. we always try to hide or get defensive or fight. That's fight. why I appreciate this podcast so much, man. It's like, I don't consider this therapy, Ooh. but it's therapeutic. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, no, like, for sure. It's to the point where like, I, I, if I say something, y'all niggas don't agree, and y'all, sit, cut, y'all come right back and like, it's like, oh shit, maybe that shit was fucked up. Or maybe <laughs> I ain't say that right. Or but maybe that's what Nick was saying earlier. <laughs> like, we you need more spaces where thought and ideas challenge. Mm-hmm. Thought and idea and perspective does not grow or evolve. We don't get to this place as a human as humankind if people aren't challenging thought. Mm-hmm. The moment like right now, we're in a place where people stop challenge they're not trying to challenge thought. And because of that, they've forgotten how to communicate. Exactly. Yep. 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 Like we we had completely different views on intersectionality, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the moment you showed that you had a different opinion, I said I'm listening. Yeah. And I want to hear it. Yeah. And like the whole point is you were supposed to argue to 
not to be right, but to understand, to meet in the middle, to figure something out. Totally that's the whole point. People don't do that anymore. That's, that's true. The point. That's what we, we talked about understand. that last week. People have to respond. But the yeah, difference yeah, between an respond. argument and a disagreement, mm-hmm. usually in a disagreement and a conversation, you are trying to learn one another's perspective. In an argument, you just want to be heard. Well, we've colored well, the right. word argument. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Argument used to just be stating your case. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a, it's and the now it's hostile. Do y'all ever watch, y'all ever watch debates? Yeah. Yes. So Ooh. I always say, so my, <laughs> does rap battles count? <laughs> so I always, I'll employ you, like if you ever. <laughs> yes, they do count. <laughs> that is a debate. That is a debate. Then we ended it. So I always, so my favorite or or orator is orator is James Baldwin. Okay. And he does, if you go back on YouTube, he'll show his debates. And it was just like, he was pissed, but he was eloquently able to tell what he was upset about. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that's how you, that's actually arguing. Because he had factual data points. He listened. He broke down what the other person was saying. He accepted what he did like about their, their with their perspective. And then he gave back what he didn't like. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that is a great example of how we should communicate. Now, whoever gets to that point. I was about to say, my only disagreement in that is like a formal debate you prepare a lot going into it mm-hmm. you do research you bring all of you that should do the same in the regular debate i don't think that's realistic in every conversation but you should you should you should have you don't know what you're gonna walk into I'm sometimes saying, yeah. but you should have conversations that's, a, that's the thing either way you have um and in each case you have information to back up what you're saying right mm-hmm. or you don't yeah if you don't have information Say to back up know. you should not talk about it exactly Mm, interesting. Yeah. I would never. I don't know it. if that's realistic, but no, I think it's, it's realistic. Not in that people don't do it, but it should be the case. If you don't have a reason to say what you're saying, backed mm-hmm. backed up by real things, you right. shouldn't be saying say, it. Like, if you say I don't like something, someone's like, oh, why don't you like it? You're like, yeah. oh, just cause. Right. Cause and what? And a in a well, double. Like <laughs> why? Why are you asking me that? And it's the last callback yeah. I do. It it calls back to what Dame said about thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just a thought. Mm-hmm. And it's really not a feeling. You don't feel that way. You thought that way. And you thought that way based off of this. But you don't feel it. But you're trying to make it a feeling mm-hmm. to verify your point. No, we're trying but to make our feelings a thought. Yes. Like oh, we, okay. Like we ha- okay, thing- for example, let me give you an example. And this is going to sound freaking crazy. Okay, give it to right? me. Right? Okay. Say there are two siblings and they have sex. Right? Who have have formed a romance and they're into each other and they have sex and they don't ever plan on having a baby and they take precautions to not have a baby and none of them have STDs and they leave everyone else alone okay. and they do that. Tell me what's wrong with that. The siblings. <laughs> Why is the sibling being the wrong part? That's what he's trying to say. It's incest. No. Tell me why incest in this case. That's what we were taught. In this case, tell me why incest in this case is wrong. That's just nasty. <laughs> uh, tell me, tell me why. I don't have a good point. Tell me why. I don't have a. I don't have exactly. You don't have a good point, right? So the thing that's driving you is your feeling, right? Mm-hmm. The thing that you're trying to do is create a thought to make sense of your feeling, and in this case, you can't, I can't. because they're actually is nothing 
technically wrong with that because the only thing bad about incest is is that you create children with birth defects right in this case they're not having children you can't think of it you know it you know internally fuck (laughs) right you know that but i'm still trying the point is that's how we do most of our arguments yeah we don't lead with our thoughts we lead with our feelings and then we try to create thoughts to justify that feeling yeah let's go is this over one thing I want to add to that with thoughts and feelings is that oftentimes your thoughts become feelings. Mm. So you may make assumptions scary. And, and think a certain way and turn that into feelings. So you might be scary. angry and at that's a better way based on what you think. But even it might your thoughts might not be true. They might be based on assumptions. Mm. And also there a lot of times they're the thoughts of others. We want to yeah. be led by, we like to think we're led by our thoughts. Yeah. We're, we're most of the time we're not, but it's better if we are. Yeah. So that's why we value ourselves as the animals with the most intelligence. That's true. Right? Mm-hmm. Let's live up to that. So I don't have nothing else to say. <laughs> we actually can uh, just use this outline for the next episode. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we did some of it. We did some of it. Yeah, we but, did. But uh, that's another episode of Unsisted Views. Uh, thank you for listening. I'll make sure you like. Eddie. Wow, we are, oh, by the way, if you if you did listen to the end, we are doing an event on yes. Wax. We can say July twenty fourth. Yeah, we're doing a brunch at Serenity Wine Bar. Um, so if you are free, it's on a Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to drop the price in a flyer hopefully next week or two. Um, so if you can come, please come out. We're going to have a good time. Uh, our events seem to be nice. I think people like them. Um, mm-hmm. We just want to get together and just have a good time, have safe spaces for everybody, just kick it and vibe. And it will be bottomless, guys. It will be bottomless. We would not do a brunch if it's not bottomless. It actually is. Bottomless mimosa. Bottomless mimosas, yes. Not Not bottomless liquor. Or bottomless pants. Not wearing bottoms. Oh, wow. (laughs) But we're not. How did that That's wild. Okay. All right. But thanks, Nick, for coming. Thank you, Dane. Women, no pants? Yeah, Nick. Always a pleasure. And if you want to follow Nick, um, NWJ Styles. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't you like oh, yeah, say, say your shit. Laughing. Say your shit. Yeah. I mean, you handle it. Okay. <laughs> oh. NWJ underscore styles. Yeah. Okay. Mm. NWJ underscore styles. He's a barber by day. Instagram? On Instagram. Okay. Thank you. He should be a podcaster or some type of like think piecer. Like he's just think, think piecer. He could be a recurring yeah. guest, yeah. He could. We, we, we might really put, take you up for it and pull up at see your spot because we want to get our Patreon started. I think you're a good Patreon starter. You and it's you. I got you, Chico, this, right this now. This is fun. It's two people. This is Look, fun. It's a fun. I'll come back whenever you want. Will you talk the same when Zoe's in the room? She knows I will. All right, all right. I That's want how you. It to, be. Yeah. I want Zoe to hem you up. You know, just give you the eye. You be like. <laughs> Zoe, Zoe, go to strip club with me. She. That's how I'm myself. We, we gotta talk about that. About to, oh, no. We gotta talk about that. It's more boring. When, it's when more there. boring. Why? Because the girls don't give me any attention. They see my girls there, That's and they're like. I don't think that happens. They go in a different right. direction. You got yeah. only if they only feel different if your girl already got a girl on her. I think I uh, think okay. the thing is like the I've I've shown up with right. female friends, but they know it's different when it's your girl girl. Like they can tell. every time Women I know. go to a strip yeah, club and she's not there, I'm like, look look at her. Like <laughs> this this her. Yeah, so they recognize her like I'm not going near that with the, anything. Yeah. Cause they gotta deal with that energy as they're dancing. It's huh. a, yeah, it's unpredictable. Yeah. Yeah. And whenever they're going to show more attention to the girl out of respect. That's true. And don't go to strip club in Vegas. I always tell people that. Everywhere <laughs> I go now. Yeah. Shit's trash. But anyway, that's another straight, episode, straight another episode of Unsensitive Views. 88 chip. Uh, we out. out.